This is the John Oakley Show podcast. And away we go. Hour two on a great day for talk radio. Going to get a little chilly tonight. Snow, as Danny was just mentioning, of course, uh, we can all start humming along. Baby, it's cold outside. Uh, We can do that again at the CBC because they've decided to relist it after having delisted it earlier, uh, I guess last week, in response to who knows what. But now they say they're responding to their audience and the blowback and uh, the customer is always right. Against that backdrop, let's bring our friend in here, Mark Stein, who is, of course, the author, internationally renowned, as well as host of the Mark Stein Show. Mark, how are you doing this afternoon? I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking of Baby It's Cold Outside at the CBC. Yeah, I, I, I tried duetting uh, on that with uh, Rosemary Barton, but uh, that was the <laughs> frostiest reception I've ever got. I think, I think she bailed after uh, eight bars of that. I don't know who you duet on that song with at the CBC, but I'm glad it's back. Well, you know, it's interesting because they do say, and this is where uh, they're head of public affairs in a statement today says because we value our audience input which was overwhelmingly to include the song we put it back on two playlists where it had been removed it Mm. seems like their whole thing is a values test i mean this is what we're this this song has been subjected to a values test of sorts hasn't it yeah it has i mean what's crazy is that this is actually where um, uh, radical Islam and the uh, and, and the crazy social justice left actually are in full agreement. Saeb Qutub, who was the uh, uh, founding father of the uh, the intellectual godfather of the Muslim Brotherhood, uh, he spent uh, he he was on vacation in America for a couple of months in the late 1940s and went to a church social in Greeley, Colorado. And they played Baby, It's Cold Outside, and he thought it the height of decadence and filth and uh, infidel women prostituting themselves in front of men. And he went back to Egypt and, as I said, became the intellectual godfather of the Muslim Brotherhood. And now the left is in complete agreement with that. Unless there's, That song is doomed unless uh, uh, Omar Khadr decides to make a record of it, and then it'll be completely cool. But until until Omar Khadr uh, decides to make a record of it, uh, that's, that song is dead. It's a great tragedy. So you're just trying to serve me up fungos here so I can hit them out of the park with my links or segues, aren't you? I know, Stein, the game you're playing. It's so transparent. No, no, I'm not actually. I think it's, I think it's a tragedy. I, uh, I, 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 I think I've recorded maybe over the years about 16 bars of Baby It's Cold Out because everybody's made a record of that, and a lot of them are terrible. And so I've never wanted to make a record of that. But in my, on my record of Sweet Gingerbread Man, for example, we do a, I think we do eight bars of baby it's cold outside at the front of it and now i feel you know this is the hill to die on that you, you can't you can't have a thing where you're told you can't sing baby it's cold outside i you know i was when you change the the, the stations and you listen to what they're playing on some of these music stations on there's like ones about using your body as a drive-through not your body specifically <laughs> i don't think so no no that's no. one drive-through no disrespect <laughs> but i think i'd want to go a couple of blocks and uh, see what the taco bell is serving <laughs> uh, rather than that but the uh, 
But uh, just, you know, use your body as a drive through That's perfectly fine. That respects women. <laughs> I would like fries with that. But that is, um, but, but, but baby, it's cold outside is a hate crime. This is, uh, this is a level of insanity and civilizational self-destruction such as never been seen. Well, and this is the point I guess I'm making as far as a values test is concerned. It looks like it's a, a snapshot at this cultural moment of what is permissible, what is not. Look at Kevin Hart. Uh, he was disqualified from hosting the Oscars because of something that uh, it was kind of a lame joke to begin with. I would have vilified him for that as much as anything. But he's apologized for it. He says he's moved on. He's grown. He's uh, seen the error of his ways. But uh, there's no forgiveness. Uh, Seems like there's zero tolerance uh, on all levels. No, that's why it's not actually worth moving on and growing and seeing the error of your ways, uh, which is why I haven't done it in uh, uh-huh. however many decades it is now. And uh, and uh, because they won't, I mean, the, the, the this Heisman Trophy guy who was tweeting, uh, he was making homophobic tweets when he was in middle school or whatever. Right. Uh, I, I was struck by that. This There is no forgiveness. So we have now basically apostasy laws, but without the possibility of redemption. So we're, we're living in a, a, a theocracy that does not permit forgiveness, which is absolutely the worst kind of theocracy. You can't repent. It's no good saying, I repent of my 2003 tweet uh, and prostrating yourself. It still does, you still won't get to host the Oscars. I mean, this, this, this uh, again is a very the the punishment is far worse than the the crime here uh, but what what i like about this is with the kevin hart thing is i think you'd start to learn the hierarchy of victim groups uh, so for example gay trumps black but muslim trumps gay so it's always interesting to me to look at and that sometimes the positions on those hit parades shift a bit but but that's like the way it is now the fact that kevin you can fire a black guy for making a homophobic tweet you know, back in uh, 1967 or whenever he did it. Uh, and and that's fine. And that's fine. Uh, but on the other hand, uh, if a gay guy, if a, a gay guy wouldn't be able to topple a Muslim guy making a homophobic tweet. So they should just book some big shot imam to host the uh, next Oscars and they'll be all set. They won't have to scramble to find last minute hosts. Again, Mark Stein, international bestselling author. He of Arrested Development, uh, a self-admission he just made. <laughs> no. Look, I, I, well, now they find Kevin Hart, they can get Bob Hope back. I heard him do, I heard him do a homophobic joke at, uh, at, the, uh, at, at the CNE in uh, whenever that was. I was like 17 years old and mm. I went to, uh, I was taken to the CNE and I heard Bob Hope do a homophobic joke. So he's available for the Oscars now. Kevin Hart's been well, axed. And if Anita Bryant were still around, the Me Too movement, man, boy, uh, that would lend itself to a lot of complaints because Bob Hope, the way he would leer at her uh, while they were performing in Da Nang, <laughs> you might remember. <laughs> so, yeah, that's I'm, true. Let me ask you, Mark, uh, this just moved on the wire shortly that uh, Time Magazine has named their uh, person of the year. Uh, for 2018, and that's Guardians and the War on Truth. And uh, amongst them, Jamal Khashoggi, Khashoggi uh, one of the journalists recognized as a person of the year. I know the last time uh, we had talked about him, you said, uh, you know, this is kind of a whole sordid affair that really isn't what uh, we're being told in the West. I mean, but how do you make, uh, what do you make, though, of this being the, does time still have any credibility when it comes to picking its persons of the year? 
I, I don't think anyone... I mean, the whole thing now, and it's going to be this way for the next six years, is to find someone who isn't Donald Trump. Uh, <laughs> so Trump is doing jokes about this. Two months ago, they asked him... Uh, you know, he, he was asked who's, who's going to be Times Person of the Year, and, and he said, well, it should be me, of course. I can't really see who it should be apart from me. And then they scramble uh, to find somebody that they can justify being. And here they've chosen... Uh, the, the guardians of the truth, as they call it. Now, uh, Khashoggi should not have been uh, chopped up in that Saudi consulate. They're, they're a barbarous state, uh, and, and they're actually an evil state, and this crown prince is an unstable nut uh, that actually should not be, uh, should be removed from the line of succession. It's different from the House of Windsor. They don't have male primogeniture or primogeniture at any time they can make any they've got like everybody's a prince in Saudi. i think i've met one saudi who wasn't a prince. <laughs> there's that there's one there's one born every four days or something they, it's not it's not as i said it's not like the house of windsor they're like princes a go-go all the all all over the place and uh and so they can easily find another one to make crown prince um he shouldn't have been chopped up but he's basically his he 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 was a muslim brotherhood guy before that he was prince turkey who is one of the most sinister princes in that malign pseudo royal family he was prince turkey's principal confidant um and he should uh, he, the idea that he is a journalist or a guardian of the truth is completely ridiculous but the media love talking about themselves so any opportunity to talk so this guy even this guy this muslim brotherhood guy uh he's suddenly like uh, Maureen Dowd at the New York Times or Dan Rather now he's like it's like it's like chopping up Dan Rather in a Saudi <laughs> consulate basically they've decided to venerate uh, this guy and uh, I, it would have it would have made it would have been important in 1938 when uh, Times Man of the Year counted for something doesn't really count for much uh, now I think again with Mark Stein and you reference the evil that is the Saudi regime uh, your friend Omar Khadr wants a passport so he can go there as a matter of fact he says mm-hmm. he'd like to be able to speak on the phone or over Skype to his sister Zainab but he'd also like to perform the Hajj uh, mm-hmm. we know is the pilgrimage that's mandated by Islam at least once in a lifetime in Mecca uh, what do you make of it Canada should they be uh, giving bestowing a passport upon this individual or do you think there's still a risk here well yeah, I when when they these guys wanted to come back they wanted to they didn't want to spend uh, the 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 rest of the Carter family uh, came back from Pakistan because they didn't want to uh, spend time enjoying Pakistani prison health care. They wanted to exercise uh, their OHIP cards. And Paul Martin basically said, well, you know, we shouldn't judge them. They're as Canadian as anyone. Uh, people think you're nuts when you talk about treason. But actually, this family is treasonous. They have... Uh, they they just ha- they haven't given aid and comfort to the queen's enemies or whatever the phrase is. They actually are. They've been <laughs> on the battlefield fighting uh, Canadian allies, and it actually disgusts me that, for example, in in the early days of the Afghanistan war, this this guy is pleading. Kada is up in the uh, Court of Queen's Bench in Alberta. Uh, and in Alberta, there are other Canadians who were in Afghanistan. There were four of them uh, who were. Uh, the Princess Patricia's Canadian Light Infantry, who were the best snipers on the planet and were honoured by the Pentagon with the Silver Star. And Chrétien went bananas when that got out because he didn't want people, he didn't want it getting out to Canadians that Canadian soldiers still shot people. And he was like, uh, wanted it all hushed up, didn't want it to get out. Those Canadians, nobody knows the name of. 
But the guy on the other side of the battlefield, Omar Khadr, is the most famous guy in the country because under the insane uh, idea of multiculturalism now, uh, you when when war comes, you can decide whether you want to play for the home team or the away team. And Paul Martin and Jean Chrétien and Monsieur Trudeau will all celebrate your right to do so. That's that's a that's a societal death wish. Well, all right, no passport, so I guess a per diem is out of the question as well. No, no, he's well, no, no. <laughs> Give him a, yeah, the Canadian passport is the one most used, as I understand, by international terrorists because it's one of the easiest to forge. Uh, uh, apparently, if you if you want to get a Yemeni passport, it's a lot more work finding a guy down in the sleazy bar by the waterfront who knows how to do it convincingly. <laughs> um, so, uh, good luck, to, good, good, good luck to him. But as I said, there there should be limits to this. And actually, being on the other side in a bat on a battlefield, being on the other guy's team uh, ought to be the end of you you traveling on on the passport uh, of Canada or actually being able to access Ontario healthcare. Let me ask you finally, uh, taking our cues from somebody else's complaint in another country, the Yellow Vest protest movement, as we've seen in Paris wreaking havoc there, uh, really what we're told is it's a populist revolt against uh, these taxes imposed because of climate change and carbon taxation policies upon the middle class. Uh, There's some talk. There was a protest, I guess, in Toronto as well as in Edmonton this past weekend. This coming weekend we'll see more of the same at City Halls, I'm told, is where... Well, does this have a chance of gaining any serious traction? For example, do we share similar grievances to France in this regard? Well, I think any country that takes uh, the the Paris Climate Accord seriously uh, winds up with this situation. Now, sometimes it takes people longer to reach boiling points. Um, you know, uh, ba- basically, Macron didn't help uh, by his sort of imperious attitude. He, 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 he basically, when people complained they wouldn't be able to afford to drive to work, he said, uh, let them pool cars. He, <laughs> he went, uh, and that's easy for him to say. It's easy to imagine uh, Justin Trudeau saying the same thing. Uh, and this is a boutique issue that's fine if you're uh, Macron, if you're Leonardo DiCaprio, if you're the Prince of Wales, if you can fly around to climate conferences, if you can park your yacht in the south of France uh, like, uh, like Leonardo DiCaprio does. You can afford all these climate penances. If you're just some guy in the middle of nowhere trying to make enough so you can afford to gas up and drive to work, it's a different thing. And they pushed it too far in France. Trudeau's pushing it too far in Ottawa. And eventually something snaps. Great interpretation on all fronts, Mark. I really appreciate your time, as always. It's a lot of fun. and uh, so Oh, well. I, I really can't stay. <laughs> Come on, John. You can't do this on the CBC. I really can't stay. No, I, I'm not going to play coy with you now. You're not seducing me, Stein. Sorry. Uh, that's not part of the program. <laughs> Put some records on while I pour. <laughs> right. Hey, what's in this drink? <laughs> all right. Enough. Uh, no more. There you go, Mark Stein, international best-selling author, host of The Mark Stein Show. We'll do it again real soon. Look forward to it, Mark. Thanks a lot, John. Always enjoy it. Thanks for listening to The John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio. 